Good morning, church. Let's go ahead and get up on our feet.
is so good to see you in the house of the Lord, to lift up the Lord Almighty, whose promises never fail. Amen. We just invite you into this place, Heavenly Father, for the goodness that you have done in our lives in this year, Heavenly Father. I pray that you bring us grace and glory and power as we just move through this place right now. Would you just be with us as we lift up praise to you? Be with us. Reach up. 
how we fight our battles by praise. I come out of agreement with the lie that you have left me on my own. Oh, I am not alone. I come out of agreement with the worry and the fear I've come to know. They won't have a hold on me. Yeah. 
God this morning. They thought your prayer as you walk into the new year. Nothing will tease or torment you. No weapon. No worry. For he is greater than all that. Come on, declare church. No darkness. No evil. Amen. Come on, let's go.
do in 2024. We welcome Pastor Richard. Be seated, please. As we partake communion today, we're looking back over this past year and we're saying, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you've taken care of us. Thank you how you've provided for us. For some of us, it's been a phenomenal year and for others, it's been a very challenging year. A loss, a year of losses of finances, of family members, of marriages, of workplace. And others has just been a year of prosperity. So no matter what you're going through, I pray that today you remember the words of our Lord. Because in the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. And he said, this is my body, which has been given for you. I'm forgiving your sins. I'm releasing my peace and grace over you. I'm going to provide for your every need. No matter, no matter what you're going through or what you've gone through, I want you to know that I'm going to carry you and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to help you and I'm going to minister to you. And then he took the bread and he said, now, Take this, all of you, and eat it and do this in remembrance of me. So God, today we remember everything you've done for us. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for providing for our every need. We thank you that, Lord, even when we didn't see you or feel you, you were there. That, Lord, you truly are our protector. You're our shield. You're our refuge. You're our everything. You're our Jesus. So, Father God, we hold this bread, and we say thank you. Thank you for taking our life, our sin, to the cross, and give us victory. We pray in the name of Jesus. We may eat of the bread. He likewise took the cup, and he gave thanks giving it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it, for it's my blood, the new covenant I'm making with you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to give you victory. I'm going to shield you from the forces of the enemy. I'm going to put a hedge of protection around you that no weapon formed against you will prosper that nothing that will come to beat you down will keep you down because I will raise you up. Thank you for the promise you give us, Lord. Thank you for the victory over this past year. That, Lord, we're at the last day of this year and we're praying in the new year saying, thank you, Jesus, for what lies ahead. Lord, we're believing that with you in our hand and ours and yours, you're going to see us through 2024. And that's going to be an amazing year. So we pray with hope 
and promise and victory. And we claim the blood of Jesus. You may drink of the cup. Lord, thank you for all that you do and all you're doing. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Would you stand again and just celebrate the Lord and sing these amazing songs as we celebrate his goodness.
Hello, 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 church. How you doing? Good morning. I don't know. I think You're gonna have to try. I know. Maybe you, maybe you I know. Try. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good That's morning. Happy better. New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Oh my Happy New Year. goodness! This year went by fast. It did. It oh did. my gosh. I know we sound very old when we say that because kids never say that. Have you guys That's ever true. noticed, like little kids, they never say, "Oh, the year went by so fast." Yeah. Kids never say that. I was with, I was with my niece the other day, and she's like, "This year went by so slow." I'm like, "Girl, <laughs> treasure it." Treasure it. Oh, my Church, goodness. my name is Roxy, and it is my honor and privilege to be part of your worship team today. Yes, my name is Lena, and I am also a part of the worship team. And, and we are here to welcome you. Yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> yes. Is there anyone that is joining us for the first time today? We would want to welcome you. Anyone, any first-time mm-hmm. guests? Amen. Welcome. Welcome over here. Welcome. Can we just walk back there? Welcome, yes. welcome, welcome. Welcome. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. I saw you guys worshiping. Amen. (laughs) Thank you for worshiping with us. I'm so glad that you guys are here. This is the house of the Lord, right? That's what we're here for. So anyway, first things we want to say is Happy New Year's and welcome to those who are joining us online as well. So as you know, we come up here and we just give you some short announcements. We're going to keep it short today, though, because we are on a timer. So we are, we are. Keep it short. We're always on a timer, but you know what? Today we're especially on that timer. We're just not going to leave it there at the timer. <laughs> church, we just wanted to start with our first announcement for today. Y'all know it is you got we hear it every year, new year, new me, right? We all have our resolutions and today we have the perfect opportunity for you to make a life-changing resolution. We have our baptism service today. Yay. Yes. It is always such a beautiful service. I mean, we've had upwards of 20, 30 people give their life, dedicate their life to Christ publicly before here. And man, church, I just want to let you know, if you've been here a few times, or if you want to rededicate your life, or you just, you want to do something to show that you believe in Christ and that you want to follow him, baptism is the perfect time to do so. Baptism is nothing more than a public declaration of the internal decision that you've already made to believe in Christ, to follow him, to love him, and to just let him love you through all the days of your life. It is always such an amazing service, not just to participate in for you, but to be able to have witnesses there to say, hey, I saw you give your life to Christ. I saw you. I want to welcome you as a brother, as a sister, and I just want to bring you into our family because, man, we love it. We love it. I hope you're as excited about baptism. I love hearing <laughs> Lena talk about baptism because she really cares about it, and you can hear it coming through. Now, here's why that matters so much. She's way younger than me. I know you don't have to point it out, but I'm going to point it out. She's way younger than me. But if you get some young person that is excited, this excited, about making a commitment for Jesus Christ, then that is an awesome and powerful moment. Amen? So during this service, if you step out these doors um, to my left to your right yeah if i get my left yeah. and right yeah i got yeah. it anyway those doors over there there will be a class for baptism um if you have decided that you will be baptized please go out and take that class mm-hmm. um if you are thinking about baptism and you're not sure but lena 
here encouraged you to do it and to think about it, I encourage you to also take that class. If yes. you don't know what baptism is and you want more information, I encourage you to go take that class. No, nobody's going to force you to do anything. It's just an opportunity for you to learn. That's right. Um, a few other announcements. Yes. I just think it's awesome how you do that. I oh. so. um, a <laughs> few other you. announcements for you. Our church offices and our food pantries will, are closed right now, but they will open again on Tuesday. Um, and the food pantry, member is open every Tuesdays and Thursdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. We know that mm -hmm. there are people in need, and um, we are excited about being back open again. Christian education classes start today. Um, and there are so many other things that we don't have time right now to go through, but there is a way to find out. There is. Because... We have our handy-dandy QR code right behind us, and that will bring you to a link to download our app. Church, I love this app so much. because She's young. She loves apps, of course. I do. Right. I love apps. I download them every day, you, you know? Exactly. <laughs> but this app I especially love because I get to go and check on all the announcements. Even though I know I share them, I still sometimes forget about them. So whenever there's a church event that I'm like, mm, when is this? I can easily go into that app, check out that church event. Uh, the app also gives you a great way to connect with us. If you have questions about our church, about our community, what we do here as a, as a family of new beginnings, you can go through our app. You can ask your questions. Um, you can reach our live services through there as well if you're not able to make it in person. What else can we do through that know, app? But as a family, we know that there are people of different ages. So if the app is too much for you to handle, that's okay. I hear you. I got there's you. There's Facebook page. There's a old-fashioned website. And then you can stop any one of the pastors, any one of the meets and greets people here, and they can help point you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. So I hope that you find a way to connect with New Beginnings Church um, in the year to come. Our goal is to connect each one of you with Jesus Christ so that you reach up and build a strong relationship with him, that you build strong community within your church, and that we reach out into the community to reach a lost and dying world. That is what we stand for. Amen. That is what our programs stand for. And That's the right. reason and the way we do that is because of your faithful giving because God is good and because you're faithful giving so on that app mm -hmm. on that Facebook page on our website you will find ways to give please click and give or you can give the the you know usual way with the envelopes at the corner yes. um, but today we want to welcome a very special yes. guest can we welcome Miss Debbie Tate please yes. Thank you. hi church hi Debbie why don't you introduce yourself I'm Debbie Tate. I uh, am the leader of the Christian Women Connection group here at New Beginnings. So Christian Women's Connection um, Church is part of the Church of God. So just in case you didn't know, we're part of the, we're affiliated with the National Church of God, Anderson, Indiana, and it has some affiliate organizations. And one of those organizations is Christian Women's Connection, and they do amazing, amazing work. Tell us what they do, Ms. Debbie. We serve our missionaries domestic and foreign we provide supplies for them we provide some support during um, catastrophes that kind of thing uh, but we reach out through the whole world yeah and tell us about the the sewing circles we have uh, last year was our 90th anniversary of the Christian women connection and our project was to build sewing centers in Uganda and the Congo for women to learn a trade so that they can help support their family. You know, if, if your family is supported, then you support your church and you support your uh, community. So they become a very vital part of their community. Amen. So that's just amazing because not only are we supporting the missionaries themselves, because you, know, you all know that God has called each one of us to speak 
to the world. We can each do it from our living room with our Facebook page. But these people that are supported by Christian Women's Connection, they have actually stepped out in faith and they've gone out all over the world and gone to places, even in the United States, that need a mission field. They've put their life and they've taken their families and their children out into the mission field. So we want to support them, right? That's what Christian Women's Connection does. Um, Ms. Debbie, tell us how Christian Women's Connection does that and this envelope that you have here. Once a year, we take a Christ's birthday offering at this time to celebrate Christ's birthday. This money goes towards all of those projects that Christian Women um, Connection supports and supports um, leaders in other countries, the, the training of leaders in other countries, as well as those things that I've told you about. We also have a linen chest, which supports the missionaries. It's really dear to my heart. It, when um, missionaries come home on furlough and they get ready to go back, they are provided with new sheets and towels, dishes, things like that just to help their home. We also, when they come in um, on furlough, we provide a, a housing allowance for the women you know, if the, you've been on the field for five to seven years, styles have changed, and your clothes have worn out. So we give them a clothing allowance to update their wardrobe so as they go through uh, the country sharing their mission, they can look stylish as well. Isn't that amazing work, church? Amen. Let's thank Christian Women's Connection. We encourage you We encourage you to um, put your offering in the envelope. If you don't want to use the envelope, then we encourage you to go to that app. Um, when you give in the app, there's a drop-down menu. You can select Christ, uh, the, the Christ's birthday offering, which is the way we give here. So thank you, Ms. Debbie, for all your wonderful work, and thanks to Christian Women's Connection. Thank you, church. Can we now invite our pastor, Reverend Dr. Richard Mansfield? <laughs> Thank you, Roxy. Thank you, Debbie. You know, it's an amazing ministry, uh, and it really impacts uh, the missionaries around the world. Uh, a very small portion of it is for the support staff, because the missionaries have secretaries and stuff like that, that, that they support them. But, uh, but it goes into the field, and it really impacts a lot, a lot of people. Uh, today is Baptism Sunday, and there's a lot of people getting baptized, and it's an exciting time. And if you decided, man, I forgot, we have robes and stuff you could change into. So we have towels and everything. So anyway, all those getting baptized, could you make it your way right there with Pastor Cindy? And she'll uh, lead you to the class where you guys are going to be. We're excited for you. We're celebrating with you. <clears throat> there's, there's families getting baptized. There's children. It's just an amazing, amazing time. And so we're celebrating what God is doing and, uh, and the many lives that have been transformed. Amen. So we just thank the Lord for that. So as we get started, this is the eve of a new year. It's really hard to believe that 2024 is less than 24 hours away. I mean, that's like weird. Like, where did this year go? I'm still writing 2022. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
I mean, it feels like that. It's like, how does time fly so quickly? And what we need to understand is that there's so many of us that are just wanting to serve God but feel like, should I, would I, I I want to, but I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm fearful, I just, I'm kind of timid, I I just keep making a bunch of dumb decisions and I don't think I should serve. And and God is saying, I've been calling you to serve. When are you going to step up to serve? And God is saying, it's time to step up. So today, I want to look at this story of these four crackpots, these guys that were just messed up, but they're in the what's called the Hall of Faith. It's a Hall of Fame. It's in Hebrews chapter 11. And it talks about all these great men that did supernatural things for God and trusted God by faith. And they just stepped out by faith. And the writer is writing. We don't know who the writer of Hebrews is. A lot of scholars believe it's Paul, but we don't know that for sure. But what we do know is that the writer is getting towards the end of the letter. And as he's writing, he's writing, and he's kind of like a a pastor or a teacher. If any of you have ever preached or taught before, you know that you have all this information, and next thing you know, you look at the clock and you go, oh my gosh, I only have like 12 minutes left, and I'm barely on point number three of a seven-point sermon. How do I cram all this in? And that's kind of what's happening here, that that the writer had written so much, and he gets towards the end of that chapter in chapter 11 of Hebrews. And in verse 32, he says this. He says, how much more do I need to say? He's like, what more shall I say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. He's saying, I don't have time to tell you. I don't have time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah. And he's like, man, if I had the time, I, I would say a whole bunch of stuff about these guys because these guys were a bunch of knuckleheads that decided to put their trust in the, and hope in the Lord. And amazing things took place. And God transformed these men and transformed all of Israel because of these men. And in Judges chapter 21, verse 25, it says, In those days Israel had no king, and all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So you know what that looks like because we're living it here. Everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. And it's a mess, isn't it? Because what some people think is okay, other people think, no, it's not. And people are just out of control. And this was a time that everything was out of control. And he's saying, man, if I I just had enough time. So I'm going to take time this morning. Because Gideon defeated the Midianites and 
Barak defeated the Canaanites, and Samson defeated the Philistines, and, and Jephthah defeated the Amorites, and, and, and they, they conquered these guys. And they're mentioned in the Bible as these heroes, these heroes that did amazing things. Yet if you really look at their lives, they were all messed up. They, they didn't always do the right thing like a lot of us. We, we want to do the right thing, but how many of us have done just dumb things? I mean, so let's take a look at these guys' lives. Gideon was a man that was very fearful. Gideon was fearful. He did not know what to do. And God comes to him and says, Gideon, I, I, I need you to step up, and you're going to take on the Midianites because what would happen is every year it was the same thing. Every year it would happen. The Israelites would work really hard in harvesting all these crops, and they would plant all of these different crops. And right when it was harvest time, the Midianites would show up and they would take everything from them and take everything they worked so hard for. So Gideon and and all the Israelites are real frustrated, and they're like, oh, man, this is really frustrating. These guys just come in here all the time. So Gideon had been praying, and all of a sudden an angel of the Lord appears to him in Judges chapter 6, verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and he said, Mighty hero! Now, this guy's a chicken. He's afraid. He's like, man, who's going to do something? He goes, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. A man, can you imagine? I, that would be awesome. If the, an angel of the Lord appeared and called you mighty hero, I'd be going, well, who's he talking to? <laughs> because, man, it's like, but God always called you by how he sees you now, how you are. He sees you on how you're going to become and not how you continue to be. He doesn't call you by your past. He calls you by your future. And God is calling you, and he's calling some of us, and, and you keep staying there in fear, saying, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. And, and you really feel called, and you, you, you see people serving, and, and, and yet you jump around and you don't get rooted any place. You're jumping from this church to that church to that church to this church. You don't even know what church you belong to. They go, who's your pastor? Well, let me see. On the first Sunday of the month, it's Pastor Richard. On the second Sunday of the month, it's, it's, and the third Sunday, are you with me? Man, God is saying get rooted and grounded. Let, get, get plugged in. He goes, Gideon, you know what I've called you to do? I've called you to take on the Midianites. And he's like... Uh, uh, you can't be talking to me. Man, those guys have a great army. Their army's amazing. Their army's big. And, and we don't even have that many men. And, and so he says, are you sure you're talking to me? So look what he says to the Lord. In chapter 6 of, of Judges, if you jump down to verse 36 through 40, it says, then Gideon said to God, If you're truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me this way. So he's he's kind of freaking out, like, oh, Lord, I need a test. Show me it's really you. I'll put a wool fleece 
on the threshing floor tonight. And if the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the floor is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early in the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and it wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to the Lord, Ay, caramba. Okay, that's not in there, but that's what he said because he's going, holy Toledo. Wow, it really happened. So he says, Lord, please don't be angry with me. Let me make one more request. God, God doesn't get mad when you make a fleece. That's why they call it a fleece test. If you've ever heard people say, put out a fleece test, it's because of this. He put out a fleece. He goes, let me use the fleece one more time. One more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the floor around it is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked, and the fleece was dry in the morning, and the ground was covered with dew. Wow, man. He's really tripping out. Some of you have put a fleece this out, haven't you? And God has told you over and over, yep, you're supposed to do that. Yep, you're supposed to do that. People go up to you and say, man, you know what? You would be awesome as a greeter in the church. You would be awesome in the hospitality, serving donuts and serving when there's funerals or there's weddings or, or there's special events. You would be awesome in, in the security team. You would be awesome as a teacher. You would be awesome in a usher. You would be, you would be, you would be, you would be. And you're like, yeah, man, that's exactly what the Lord told me, but I'm afraid. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I don't think I, I, I can't do that. And man, it sounds just like Gideon. Gideon's like, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And finally, he says, I need you to do it. So Gideon had an army, and God says, I, no, I don't want you to use that many. He had 30,000 men, and, and he goes, no, take it down more. And he took it down more and more and more and more and more until he gets down to 300 men. And God says, that's what I want you to have. He's like, are you kidding me? Do you know what the Midianites and the Amalekites are together? They're huge. Look at chapter 7 of Judges, verse 12. He goes, the armies of Midian and Amalek, uh, the Amalek and the people of the east have settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts, like they're every place. And their camels are like grains of sand in the seashore, too many to be to count. Like, are you kidding me? These guys are, uh, they've got camels, they've got, they've got, they've got tanks. They've got Jeeps, they've got Hummers, and, 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 and we don't have any of that. Now, that's what it would be equivalent to. See, he's like, man, what's going on? And so, all of a sudden, um, they, 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 the Lord says, now this is what I want you to do. And I, I want you to go down there and I really want you to take on the people 
and I want you to spread them out around the Midianite at night while they're, while they're asleep. I want you to set up your 300 men, put 100 here, 100 here, 100 here, in three groups. And then I want you to blow the trumpets, the shofars. I want you to blow the ram's horn. I want you to blow those things. And in the midst of the darkness, the Midianites woke up, and they fled in total confusion because they saw all the torches, and they saw this army, and they saw so many around them. They thought, man, we're out there. They're going to kill us. And they left. They left everything behind. God was with them, and God promised Gideon. And after that, he became a great, great military leader. Here, this man that was filled with fear ended up becoming this great victor. Then when you look at the life of Barak, he was timid. Barak is this man who is serving, and he's serving during the time <coughs> the Bible says that there was no man that stepped up to be king. So Deborah stepped up. He's like, what's wrong with you guys? Don't you have any faith? We we gotta we gotta do we gotta take over. We gotta take charge. We're Christians. Well, they weren't Christians yet, but we're God fearing people. The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is on our side. And so they were all fearful, and the Canaanites were coming after them. So she calls in Barak and and she says. Ay, these guys. Sometimes men, as tough and rugged as we are, we don't have a clue, man. We don't have a clue. Hey, babe, where are my underwear? <laughs> hey, babe, where are my socks? Hey, hun, have you seen my wallet? Okay, barbaro, you're the leader of the house. What's wrong with you? <laughs> babe, do you know where the keys are? Oh, my goodness. So here's Deborah. She's in charge. And in chapter 4 of Judges, verse 6 and 7, it says, One day Deborah sent for Barak, the son of Abion, who lived in Kadesh in the land of Nephtali. And she said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. This is what God, not, not me. This isn't Deborah talking. This is God. Call out 10,000 warriors from the tribes of Nephtali and Zebulun at Mount Tabor, and I will call out <coughs> Caesarea. <coughs> I'm going to call out Caesarea, the commander of Jabin's army, along with the chariots and armies to the Kishon River. This, there I will give you victory over them. So here's Barak. He's the head of the army. He is the commander-in-chief. And here the queen calls and says, Barak, I need you to get your troops. We're going to take on, God says, he's going to give us victory over the Canaanites. And look what he says in verse 8. Barak told her, I will go, but only if you could go with me. Come on, what's wrong with you? You're on, you cry baby. I'll go if you go. 
is a warrior. It's a man's job to saddle up and face the enemy, not the woman. So in verse 9, she says, very well. I will go with you, you namby-pamby. Okay, it doesn't say that, but you can hear her saying that. But you will receive no honor in the venture. See, that's where the namby-pamby's coming in. Now, you're not going to get any credit for this. For the Lord's victory over Caesarea will be at the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. Can you imagine? Here's a, a big old warrior coming. What do I do next? And the woman's going, take out your sword, put up your shield. You know, it's like, man. Verse 22, look at verse 22. Well, wait, let me back, okay. So Barak is now looking for Caesarea, the head of the Canaanite, and, and so Jael was one of the servants of Deborah. And Jael sees Caesarea, and she goes, hey, big boy, come in my tent, I'll hide you. So he goes in there and he goes, man, I'm exhausted. I've been running. I'm thirsty. Can I have some water? She gets him some milk. He says, why don't you sleep? So she covers him up and he's sleeping. And, 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 and then look, look what she does. Verse 22, when Barak came looking for Caesarea, Jael went to meet him. And she said, hey, come. and I'm going to show you the man you're looking for. So he followed her into the tent and found Caesarea lying there dead with the tent peg through his temple. You see, if you read before that, Jael gave him some milk, put him down, tucked him in so he could rest. And she went and got a, a tent peg and she got that and a hammer and she probably put it right there in his ear and the man stuck that peg and stuck him to the ground. He died right there. And Deborah and Jael got the credit for it. But afterwards, you see that Barak became a great, great leader, and he's listed in the Hall of Faith. Why? Because you and I can overcome our fear in the power of the Lord. You and I can overcome our timidity in the power of the Lord. We can do that, but we have to put our faith and trust in the Lord. How about Samson? Samson was an out-of-control guy. He says, I don't have time to talk about him, but I do. And Samson was this great guy. And, 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 and he was like this guy that everyone looked up to. The Bible says he was very good looking. He had long hair. He had great strength, popularity, and the blessing of God. Now, see, a lot of people, when you read, like, storybooks, they make Samson this big old buff dude that looks like, you know, the Incredible Hulk or something. But that's not the case. Scholars really believe that he was just like a normal guy, and that's why people freaked out. Like, how are you so strong? How can you be so strong if, if dude, you, you don't even, you're not even that muscular, Look what you do. You're, 
are you like an X-Man or something? You know, you have these superpowers. And, and so, so all of a sudden, Samson was, had this just, he was a, a bundle of contradictions. I mean, Samson was a man of faith with a weakness for women. A dude just had a woman problem. Women, 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 women. Some of you men in here today, it's, women are, are keeping you all messed up. Or, or you're lust after them. And some of you women have a lust for men. Give me a man, give me a man, a man, man, man. I'll take that one, that one. Ooh, he's got a ring on. Well, who cares? Maybe he's not happy. You know, it's like, what's wrong? It's like, it's like man. And then... He was a man of prayer, but he had uncontrollable anger. He was always just filled with anger. And then he was a leader of Israel who just lusted after Philistine women. Like, he didn't even lust after his own women. Like, man, I want me a wild Philistine woman. <coughs> and he did. He was hooking up with prostitutes. <clears throat> he was a man of God who lacked common sense. Haven't you ever met people that, that you go, God, they're so smart and they're so dumb. Wait, don't point at them now. Some of you guys, his pastor's talking about you. Don't say that. And then he was empowered by the Spirit of God, yet he lived in his own flesh a lot. And the guy was a mess. He was just on a constant roller coaster. I'm doing good, 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 I'm doing horrible. I'm doing good, 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 I'm doing horrible. We know a lot of people like that, don't we? I'm all fired up for Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, right on, Jesus. Ah, you're all fired up today. Yeah, I'm here in church. I'm the last day of the year. I'm going to bring in the new year. And then next Sunday, well, I already went last Sunday. I mean, I brought in the new year. Do I, have, do I have to go every Sunday? I mean, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 16, verse 32, it says right there, better to be patient than powerful. He had no patience. The guy was just, and then it says, better to have self-control than conquer, be able to conquer a city. Like, you could conquer a city, but you can't con conquer your lust. You can't conquer how messed up you are. God had given him a promise, his mother promised. In, in Judges 13, verse 5, God says, you're going to become pregnant, and you're going to give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. And he will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. Man, and here he is in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. This guy who had all these weaknesses, yet he had faith that God honored his faith and raised him above his weaknesses, and he formed him and honed him into this great man of God. Some of you are out of control, and God wants to bring you into his control and to use you mightily in this coming year.
And then you have Jephthah, who was really foolish. Jephthah was one of these guys, you've, maybe you've done this in your life before. God, if you do this for me, I'll, I'll go to church the rest of my life. But they're not here today. Did they die? No. But they forget. See, they, they, they get all caught up in the moment, and then they, 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 they just say things without really thinking it through. And, and Jephthah was that kind of guy. Jephthah grew up in a, in a tough situation. His dad was a, a Gideonite. Uh, he was he was a, a, a he was from Gilead, and 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 uh, and his mother was a prostitute. Now, that's got to be rough, dude. You you you're talking about getting bullied? Hey, man, I know who your mama is. So does half of the town. Are you with me? Just ridiculed. So, the guy became a real mighty warrior. He was always in fights, and and he actually became, he, he formed and, and joined a gang of thugs. And he was a gang leader in the Old Testament. And, uh, and, and, and he, so the whole town had asked him to, you know, hey, we don't want you here. And, and the Amorites were now attacking Israel. And they were all fearful, and they go, hey, why don't we get Jephthah and his crew, man? Jephthah, after all, is from here. We don't really like the guy because he's a gang leader, but him and his gang are tough. They're tougher than nails, so maybe we could get them to guard us and watch over us. And as they guard us and watch over us, it'll be cool. So Jephthah, they said, hey, come and could you help us out? He goes, sure, sure. But he made a real foolish mistake, and he, he made a vow with the Lord. And in chapter 11 of Judges, this is what Jephthah does. Because the Amorites were a tough, tough, tough army. And this is what he says, and Jephthah made a vow to the Lord, and he said, if you give me victory over the Amorites, I will give to the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. And I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So he's going, Lord, if you give me that victory, and you're really going to give me that victory, I'll, when I come home, Whatever comes out of the front door of my house, I'm going to sacrifice to you. So he's thinking, man, probably my dog will come out, my good trusty dog, or maybe my cat, or maybe my favorite goat or something. But his daughter came out. So he said, I got ambas. And, okay, it, it doesn't say he said, I got ambas, but he's like freaking out, like, oh, man. I made an oath to the Lord and cannot break it. Uh, so he gave his daughter two months to hang out with his, her, her friends, and they, they were just hanging out. But then he said, man, I, I, I got to kill her. 
Now, a lot of scholars don't believe that he actually killed her because then he would have made a human sacrifice to the Lord, and that's against the word of God. So what they really believe is that he dedicated her, that she would remain a virgin and would never marry, and he sacrificed her saying like that, like you're never going to, and for a woman to never get married and not have children was a real downer. And so, so he's like, and so and she's going, thanks a lot, Dad. Me and Chewy been talking, and <laughs> Chewy really likes me. He's a good guy. Sorry, Chewy. My old man made the promise. like, <laughs> And she remained a virgin, and, and she died a virgin. So, so all I know is that there's some of us that make dumb, foolish vows, don't we? God, if you, if the Cowboys win last night, I'll be in church today. But you didn't come to church because, well, I mean, the Detroit Lions kind of messed up, so it, 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 was it really a win or what? So you didn't come. It's like, see, we make foolish, foolish vows. Babe, if you take me back, I'll, I'll never yell at you again. Ooh, shut up. There you are, you're yelling again. Yeah, it's like, make a vow that you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to be the best man of God I could possibly can. That's it. I'm going to commit my ways to the Lord. I'm going to be the best woman of God I possibly can. But instead, we, we see that Gideon was afraid to answer God's call. And, and you see, Barak was so timid, he needed a woman to tell him what to do. And Simon was, I mean, Samson was so out of control with his emotions, he was all over the place, and Jephthah's just making this foolish vow. And deep down inside, though, these are men of faith. And God honored their faith. God honored, he saw what was deep inside of them. And we see in that scripture we read that I don't have enough time to tell you everything about these four great men of God, of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah. And Paul the Apostle says it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. He goes, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. He goes, containing this great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. So I don't know where you are in your walk, but you keep battling. You're going, man, I want to serve. I want to I make this my home church, and I want to serve. And, oh, what's wrong with me? I, I'm just a mess. I'm fearful. But God used them anyway. But I'm timid, but God used them anyway. But I do a lot of dumb things, but God used them anyway. I've made some terrible mistakes, but God used them anyway. So why don't you say, today, Lord, I want you to use me anyway. And some of you have never even surrendered your life to Jesus. And if you want to do that today, surrender your life to Jesus, say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I want to do that. Anyone here today wants to give their life to Christ? 
Yeah. Well, then we want to celebrate with you. That's an amazing decision. If you raised your hand, would you stand up so we could pray with you? And just make your way up. Come on up here real quick. Like I, I, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. The whole church wants to pray with you. Would all of you pray? Just say, Heavenly Father, today I realize I need a Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And from this day forward, I want to serve you. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. Fill me with your spirit. I pray in Christ's glorious name. Amen. Praise God. Look, that's Pastor Eddie. He's got some material he wants to give you right there. We love you guys. The rest of you, prayer team, would you come up front? Because you know what? I really believe there's many of you right now that are struggling with a decision. You're going through a difficult time. So anyone on our prayer team, make your way to the front. Because we need you to pray with people. To stand with them and say, I'm going to agree with you in prayer. I'm going to stand with you and believe that God has something great for you. And to minister to you. And to help you. And to really be able to lift you up and to encourage you. So ask God to just fill you with his peace and his power. Would you stand with us and continue to worship? Let's sing out this song and then have a final blessing all together before you leave, before you step out.
Thank you, Heavenly Father, for being our protector. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that even when we don't feel it, we know that you're there. Father, I just pray that, Lord, those things that have taken place this year, God, we release into your hands the good, bad, and the difficult and challenging ones. Father, there's some hurts that we carry that only you can heal. Heal the brokenness in our life. Father, there are some great victories we've had, and we thank you for the great victories you've given us. Now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, you lift us up and take us into this new year victorious, without fear, without timidity, without confusion, without waffling, without, Lord God, making foolish vows and foolish decisions. Share that victory with us. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, amen. We love you, church. Happy New Year. And I hope you're going to join us right now for baptism. God bless you.